0: Welcome to Force Lore Comics, your weekly update to the Star Wars universe as depicted in the Marvel comic books. Join your hosts Jim and Tim as they recap the releases of the previous week. For more in-depth talks about Star Wars, Jim and Tim can also be found on Our Certain Point of View, a Star Wars and Mandalorian podcast. Force Lore Comics and Our Certain Point of View are fan-based podcasts that have no affiliations with Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, or any of their subsidiaries.
1: Hello there! Welcome to Force Lore Comics from our certain point of view. I'm Tim. I'm Jim. That's right. And we are here today to continue our conversations about the current tie-in series, War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters is taking place from, well, we're in the prelude issues of the comic books now, taking place from now until uh, through October. Aren't we
2: doing two
1: comic books? And we also have High Republic number five today.
2: No, I guess we should do Bounty Hunter first.
1: Yeah, we're going to do Bounty Hunter first. As um,
2: we know some people don't listen to the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
1: super excited about War of the Bounty exactly. Hunters. And I'm, you know, I'll say it now I'm less excited about. Uh, the High Republic book from this week.
2: That's what I was hoping. Maybe we keep more listeners like through the whole episode if we like, yeah, but we're about to talk about War of the Bounty Hunters. It's
1: coming. Just every couple of minutes, say War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, War of the Bounty Hunters is coming. We're still on the prelude issues. Today we're talking about Star Wars issue number 13. So the War of the Bounty Hunters is a tie-in series for um, the Star Wars books, the Vader books, Dr. Aphra books, and the Bounty Hunter books. And then once a month – Through October, there will be a War of the Bounty Hunters book. So last week was War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, which was a a one issue. And then starting June 9th, I think, is the release date for War of the Bounty Hunters number one. And you'll get those each month through October. So it's going to be really cool. Um, The overall premise is that Han Solo has been taken. And he's valuable. By the notorious Boba Fett. um, And... We don't know where he is right now. Everybody wants to find Han Solo. In fact, in uh, War of the Body Hunters Alpha, spoiler, if you didn't listen to that episode of ours, you should have, Uh, but if you didn't listen to that episode last week, we found out that he was taken from Boba, and so now Boba's looking for him, too. Everybody's looking for him. And then
2: Chewbacca gets a phone call, and he's like, I don't know who you are, but I have a certain set of... I don't remember the speech. Taken. (laughs) He gives them the Liam Neesons. The whole thing.
1: I will find you.
2: Chewbacca has a certain set of skills, mainly ripping people's arms off. He does. He yeah. does have that. He does
1: have that set of skills. Um, so no, that's the where we're call
2: at. Doesn't happen. Sorry, I made that up. No. but Chewbacca is looking for him.
1: Everyone's looking for him. Um, that is that's our big thing. I, and I'm I'm a little off on the titles. I think that the, because these are the prelude books, they're just called War of the Bounty Hunters Prelude: The Hunt for Han Solo. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if the prelude books are going to wrap up the hunt or if that hunt is going to continue through the rest of the stories. Hmm. Um, I just don't know. So we're going to find out. Uh, I don't have any news for right now. Do you have any any news to add? Anything in the Star Wars universe that you know about that's going on? I didn't have anything for this episode to talk about.
2: I can't think of anything.
1: Sweet. I've been been
2: watching New Girl again lately.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've been watching uh, Stargate SG-1. I'm you four have. seasons into that. Yeah,
2: we should mention we're in the same room together. Yeah, we are. We, we never do this anymore. This yeah. is like the first days of podcasting.
1: It is takes us back. Yeah, takes us back. I um, guess that's
2: all the news I have, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're gonna jump into Star Wars issue number thirteen which is a prelude book to the War of the Bounty Hunters. This is how our main characters are uh, getting started on this. We've already had the intro for for Han and his involvement. He was with Boba Fett in the first book there. Um, But this is our Luke and Leia and Chewie. Did we see Lando? I don't think we saw Lando. Only on the
2: hint for next month.
1: Yeah, I don't think we saw him in the actual issue. Um, So the beginning is kind of cool. We open up with Luke in some training He's got a bunch of those target droids around. Um, the training droids yeah. floating around him that we see in Episode 4, which is kind of a little tie back there. What do they call those? Um, I don't remember. Remotes. They
2: call them remotes. remotes. Good against remotes is one thing. Yeah. Good um, against the living. I just quoted who?
1: Han Solo. Han Solo. Before he was frozen in carbonite. Um, so, yeah, he's got these things, and you see him doing some cool moves. The, the concept here is we saw Luke struggling with – his connection to the force at the beginning of the Star Wars books. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Um, now he's not doing a deflection training. He's destroying these things. Yeah. Which I feel like is part of the rebellion on the run. There can only be so many of these remotes.
2: I wondered that too. Does does Ray destroy hers in Rise of Skywalker?
1: Yes. Maybe these things are just so.
2: like super cheap.
1: <laughs> Something. Something yeah. or rebuildable? They're like the, like the Lego blocks of the, of the force training. I don't know. I kind of,
2: uh, I don't know. It's not sci-fi. It's just fantasy. I'd love to know how the anti-grab things would work on something like this. What cool technology that you can just throw these things in the air and they move around. These things are intuitive. They're, anyway. Yeah, he's yeah, training quick, with a group and, of these things. Yep. Um. Look at the – I'm so much quieter than you. This Why? really is going to be like the earlier uh, podcast. Why so you... what else has – let's keep going.
1: Yeah. Um, so overall, you know, that's what we get. And then essentially um, we get a, a message from R2. This whole thing was kind of strange. So 3PO and R2 show up and R2 has got an important message and Chewbacca interrupts. And uh, what's Chewbacca got to say? He, he did. Um, I gotta tell you, I didn't actually like this one. Looks when you look at it, it looks like it says "hurrah." It does actually. Hurrah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. what that um,
1: is. It's H R O O O A R H, which I know is supposed to be his his you know his speech pattern. But it was just the other ones are a little more. Um, Detailed on it, He right? said
2: there's been a sighting of Boba Fett.
1: That's right. There was a sighting of Boba Fett. We Did you saw mention
2: this. that uh, Luke had his yellow lightsaber?
1: Luke has his yellow lightsaber still.
2: Did you mention that?
1: Did, Not in know this know? one.
2: Does that weird you out to see... It weirds me out a little bit that he's got a yellow lightsaber. Of course, we know why and how from his old... From the last... From that temple and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah from earlier in the...
2: But only if you read the comics.
1: Or listen to Force Lord comics right. from our... Certain point of view. Speaking of listening, this is a good time to take a quick break for one of our sponsors.
0: Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. Hey
1: everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi
0: Super Ship? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you, th- you think we should cover
1: in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, Then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. And, uh, well, Jim may not realize it yet, but I just played a little trick on our audience. I apologize, everyone. That was uh, both of our sponsors. Yes. Yeah. Um, Papa Bear. Yeah, but they're all worth a listen. Um, Especially the riff. Of course. Of course.
2: I was on the riff Tuesday talking about the history of the music from the Cold War. Yeah. Did you know I speak German? Yes. Ein bisschen. Ja. Yeah. Nein. Es ist mein Lieblingsfremssprache. What are we talking about?
1: We were talking about uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Issue number 13. How do you say that in German? Star Wars. <laughs> so um. he said... <laughs>
2: uh, apparently there's been a sighting of Boba Fett on Nausadaa. Now... Now Narshada? Narshada, yeah. Which is the moon of Nalhada. That's
1: right. Yeah. Um, so we know what this was. This was the fights that, that Boba Fett was involved in before. <laughs> he, um,
2: but he didn't go under the name Boba Fett.
1: He did not. He went under the name Django. Django. Um, and it's cool because you see different things. Like right now, um, there's a holographic image of him up um, in his all painted black, and you can see in the in the arabesque it says Django. Um, which I like that they're starting to do. It's really interesting. I find the entire Arabic language really interesting because if you, if you're reading something you know, like if you know what it says, you can really tell. You start to a, get
2: used to the letters. Yeah. Well, thanks to Tim, we've actually got a few logos of uh, our certain point of view and Force War Comics in Arabic, so I'm actually starting to recognize the letters too. It's yeah. been pretty cool. Yeah. I see a and I want him painted black. That's right. Yeah. Because yep. he was painted all black. That was his disguise.
1: Jim carved a cool uh, stone.
2: I did. You should put a picture of it somewhere. I'm going to have to. It's got arabesque on it. It does. That was not easy, by the way, Tim. Yeah. There it is. Hey, that thing's pretty. Yeah. It's Too bad this is an
1: audio podcast. How's it look, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> like our weird moments of silence while we look at something you can't see? So they're um, like, Maybe this will be the image for this episode. All
2: there right. you go. They're like, we kn- it looks like... It looks like Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, so it's it's definitely him, and so they're looking, and um, basically they go and try to uh, find out what's going on. They talk to the same. Um, I always forget what these creatures are called. Uh, the
2: she's so like the singer in singers, the yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. But did you mention Sagwa?
1: I did not. I forgot. Yeah, about there's
2: that. a there's a Chewbacca there's a Chewbacca uh, Wookie guard or from worker there from
1: Solo who's yeah, who's, yeah.
2: uh who was one of the slaves that we met in solo that ends up getting freed. I never picked up on the fact that his name was Sagwa though.
1: I don't know. I don't remember.
2: I don't know if they said it in the movie. I feel like I would have because you know the name Sagwa, right? Do sagwa, sagwa, la, 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 la. you don't remember the cat cartoon? No uh sagwa you're my best friend that's gonna <laughs> ring a lot of bells with people all right that was a show on pbs about a cat in imperial china
1: we're gonna have to sagwa. potentially post a i couldn't, a like to them. i
2: hate that they use the name because all i can think my kids love that show growing up so to me it's one of those kids it's about a cat named sagwa anyway
1: yeah sorry. i don't know that one okay sagwa so there they are. Um, he's the one who sent uh, the information to Chewbacca yep. about this. Yep. Um, and so they go and they question the same person about where he is. And she basically says, tell that to Kanja Club. Yeah, tell that to Kanja Club.
2: Although, I do kind of want to take a second to yeah. talk about uh, C-3PO starts quoting uh, the expression, the mottos of Narshada. Uh one of them oh, is, that's right. Nothing is free on Narshada. Learn to love the lies. Never tickle a hut. On Narshada business is. And then he doesn't finish that one but we hear the rest of that one later. We do hear it later. So I like the expressions of Narshada.
1: <laughs> Never tickle a hut.
2: I, I I like learn to love the lies. <laughs> it feels like society. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what's happening. So, so, anyway. Um,
2: Luke's questioning. He pays this woman. Yep. And yeah.
1: Yeah, she pays her. And she and pushes he the says, button. We want not know
2: where Boba Fett is. And she's like, I don't know Boba Fett. When they're like, it looks like Django. And she like, well, that's Django. Right. <laughs> and she's like, we didn't get his birth certificate or his chain code. I love that she said chain code. Yes. Because Dave Filoni's fingerprints are
1: on everything now. Everything. They're all over the place. That man. Um, Did chain code start there? Were there chain codes in the chain code? EU? That's a
2: good question. first time better. I remember hearing it is Mandalorian.
1: Well, it would definitely be the first time you heard it. Yeah, whether but or not I don't it's the first. But,
2: yeah. um, What's your operating number?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Han. I don't have a people. Anyway, uh, so here we are, and basically they're asking him where Django is because they want their money because he killed the champion, and Luke's like, we want to know where he is. Yeah, we're he's trying not, to find him, too. He's not my friend. I'm um, not here on this smuggler planet going, hey, I want to hang out with my friend. We thought he was here.
2: I thought that was a little weird, too, that they make. Enemies that they approach of Luke. this way. Yeah. Like, you mentioned the name, so therefore you're going to pay his debt. It's like, well, I just mentioned his name because he owes us something.
1: Yep. And I really like this scene because um, Luke's confidence is definitely growing, so he just ignites his lightsaber. In um, kind of a weird way, behind his back, but
2: he does it Ahsoka Tano style. Yeah, underhand hold.
1: Yep. So he's just holding it, just saying, basically, this isn't going to go your way, um, if you if you do this. So that's that's really what's happening, and they still attack.
2: They do, and, and they realize that he's a Jedi.
1: <laughs> it's not going to go their way. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't go their way. So that's that's essentially I, we I get this talk battle. About that this for a second. Go ahead.
2: In a larger Star Wars context. Um, because I saw someone was talking about this, uh, in reference to, spoiler for the last episode, Season 2, Mandalorian. I'm telling you right now, spoiler for it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. What's wrong with you? It is one of the most amazing moments in television history. So here's the spoiler. Luke shows up in all his glory right after Return of the Jedi, so he's a fully trained Jedi, and we see him just destroy... All these, uh, these death uh, troopers or dark troopers, whatever they were called. Um, and someone had posted why Moff uh, Gideon is terrified when he sees Luke. Luke is a guy who, for all he knows, blew up one Death Star, shows up on the second Death Star, and leaves after killing the Emperor carrying the, bo- the broken body of Darth Vader. That's how they all would know this guy. So I love that when they they see this, you know, so this is Luke before that, but it is Luke post blew up the Death Star. And I'll tell you what,
1: thinking more about that, the Imperial records will not mention that Lando fired the shot into the core of the Death Star.
2: Yeah, they just know a Jedi. The Imperial records
1: would be that they know that Luke Skywalker blew up the first one. That's an official Imperial record. Shows up, kills the Emperor. They know that Luke Skywalker was taken prisoner by Vader comes onto the Death Star, and then a little while later it blows up and he's still running around. So, well, like, one of the
2: most disturbing things, and you pointed this, I think you pointed this out to me, is while he's holding Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi as he's dying there on the Death Star as it's about to explode, <laughs> you hear yelling and gunfire in the background. But the Rebels haven't boarded the Death Star. So these are stormtroopers fighting to get on the, the ships. To, pods or yeah. whatever, yeah. So some of them did survive, and some of them would have seen that Luke Skywalker carrying the broken body of Darth Vader. Uh, uh, this Talk about a reputation. Yeah? Yeah, so this is before that, obviously, but it is post, you know, he did blow up one Death Star already. So, yeah, I would... I would imagine these guys would be pretty terrified to see a Jedi suddenly show up in their midst.
1: You know, not to bring up the movies, but I'm thinking now, like, we know, we know, and we know that that Luke went through what he went through because they wanted it to be, you know, Rey and Finn and Poe's story for the sequel trilogy. But thinking more about it, I wish that Kylo Ren had just stayed bad. And in the same way that Yoda and Obi-Wan went to face the Emperor and... Darth Vader at the end of the prequels. Yeah. wish that Luke and Rey had shown up and Rey had to fight Kylo Ren to whatever end and that Luke had to take on the Emperor one more time and defeated him. I, it that would have been. been cool. There's a lot of neat things that could have happened. I'm not saying that I'm anti that the sequels or anything. it would have been
2: really, really, really cool to, it, see, like, yeah, to see Luke. Because it
1: would have been, yeah. been a strictly force battle. It wouldn't yeah, have been them fighting they're, with they're sabers or anything. Older, yeah. It would have been a force. So anyway, it, it's just a fun thought for well, somebody me. Somebody made a,
2: the comment, the Emperor only use, uses lightsabers to toy with people. Yeah. Um, the only time that's not true is when he has to fight Yoda. Now that he actually does resort to it sometimes to save his life. But yeah, in general, he doesn't use lightsabers. Like when he fights Maul and Savage Press, he's messing with them. Um, yeah, so that would be a crazy fight to see Luke against the Emperor in Rise of Skywalker had Luke been around. But oh well,
1: had Luke been yeah still train oh still well. doing his stuff. But it, it was just a, it's I just love a fun that thought. idea. Um,
2: so yeah, they're they're fighting the the tell it to who. Kanja Club. Kanja Club. And it turns out like all of this boon turns out. They realize he's a Jedi, so like everyone all of a sudden is trying to kill him. They're like, wait a minute, and there's still a bounty out there. There's on a Jedi? bounty for Jedi, yeah. They're like, did that expire? Don't think so. So they all are trying to kill Luke now. Yep. Well, no, they're trying to take him alive. They want him alive. And they're trying to kill the two Wookiees and they are gonna sell the droid and 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 bounty off Luke. Yep. So now Sagwa's part of their crew at least temporarily.
1: Yeah, because they all um the, the... Wookiees end up back on the Millennium Falcon, and they come and pick him up, and uh, and that's where we're at until we get – is this did – R2 didn't tell him what he wanted to tell him yet, right? This was back on the ship? Yes. Sorry. Uh, that was the part that I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um,
2: Just tell me everything.
1: Yep. He might have a list of former Jedi outposts from across the galaxy that he downloaded from the Death Star. Yeah. Um, some more artifacts? And those, and the Death Star, you got to figure, you know, that would have been public knowledge for the Imperial. Like, I, I wrestled with this a little bit. Why would the Emperor share that? But they're like, everyone needs to know where these things are. If you're nearby there, go check it out. If there's a Jedi there, wipe them out. Like, that's the, the Imperial way. Yeah. Um, well,
2: there had to be some... Yeah. So, like, people had trouble with... Uh, in Force Awakens, you had a stormtrooper who had a baton that could fight a lightsaber. I'm like, but they were hunting Luke Skywalker. Why would they arm them with anything else? Right. (laughs) So, anyway, yeah. So it makes sense that if the Empire's hunting them, that yeah, this information would be available to
1: Imperials. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good times. Yeah, Um, that's that's the first comic. And that's Star Wars Episode 13. So it's it's good stuff. We like it a lot. That was a it's really a fun read. Um, And if you get into reading them. This is a great time to get into reading the comic books. Um, I said it before. Oh, you know what we didn't do? I didn't tell you all about that comic book and who our writers and stuff are. Um, this one was written by Charles Soule. Um, and we've seen uh, Ramon Rosanas as the artist and Rochelle Rosenberg working together. Um, she's a colorist. And uh, we had another three people working on the cover. Uh, Carlo Pagulayan. Jason Paz, and Rain Barreto. So these are the, uh, the people who are working on on making this book the way that it is, um, and I really like what they're doing. Now, we have consistent people writing High Republic. Um, this is Chapter 5 of High Republic, Attack of the Huts. Um, Kevin Scott, Arrio Anandito, uh, Mark Morales, Annalisa Leone, Phil Noto um, are consistent as the writer, artist, inker, colorist, and cover artist, respectively. And they've been for all of them. So if you listen to any of the High Republic books, those have been the same the same group working on it. Um, and and I've got to say, story-wise, I, I'm not as big a fan right now. Um, this no? issue did not capture me no? um, as much as some of the others. That's just me. Like I said, if you're going to read Star Wars comics, this is the time to get into it. Start with these War of the Republic books and start reading them. Um, The High Republic books are alright, they're a different time, um, but they're. Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. wait. Do you know what this is? This is the theme for the High Republic books. Alright, this is gonna take too long. I'm gonna pause it. This is the Wheel of Warriors, Tim. (laughs) For those of you who don't remember, Wild Warriors was a comic, it was a cartoon, about uh, this young man who lost his father, like, literally, meaning he was out looking for him, and he had special powers he was unaware of, but then he ends up fighting a race of plant creatures, and uh, he goes on a quest with this this scoundrel who owns a a uh, pirate-smuggling spaceship... It's amazing. It's an amazing cartoon called Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Yep. And now the High Republic has basically just stolen this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, they're fighting the Drengear. Um, they're, they're on plants. I, I don't remember. Uh, Sedra Minor. My- oh, I got it right here. Sedri Minor.
2: Sagwa.
1: Um, so they're on Sedri Minor, and the Drengear are there. And basically we find out very quickly um, that, first of all, the Huts have shown up who want control of this planet for the Bacta. That's being grown or worked on. Yep. Um, and they're fighting. We we have Keith and I like um I like Keith's character. Um Keith Trennis is our is our main protagonist. It's and then the hot thing
2: is I actually like pretty much all the Jedi. Yeah. It's just the Dream Gear and the Hut's st-
1: I, I don't know what it was about the story. Like it just didn't it didn't it didn't drive like I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, and it's a new like I said, it's a new time. They're they're finding their own. Um, but this this particular issue just didn't didn't work for me. So finally, you know, the the Huts are attacking and the Jedi are like, hey, we really shouldn't be fighting each other right now. There's other stuff going on. And then Skier, who's a Jedi master, um, loses it because he had been taken control of by the Drengear and then he was, then he was the healed and he, he overtook them, and that was a lie. So, the Drengear are still controlling Skier, and he attacks with all his new Drengear powers. And it's a great big bummer. So, then we get into this big fight with the Drengear, and the Drengear are they're everywhere right now. They're on Starlight Beacon, fighting with the Jedi that are there. They're on this planet, uh, fighting with the Jedi that are there, and fighting with the Huts and attacking. And they're
2: and, getting distress calls from all over the place, aren't they? Yes. So, that I didn't understand. Like, Okay.
1: Because that's Starlight Beacon's thing. They're supposed to be there to be an access point. And so people are like, there are plants rising up everywhere.
2: Like, okay. Uh, Is that a mystery you think they're going to explain to us at some point? Or we're just going to run with the idea that, hey, today the Dringir are rising everywhere?
1: Because they're all linked. They're all linked across. Oh, and
2: it was that Sith temple thing that was keeping them
1: dormant. From all of, for so all now, of them. Oh, okay. So that yes. actually does make sense. Yep. so we did have that. That's what I mean. The, the story's not bad. It's just not capturing me like the other ones. Um, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, and then and the, <laughs> the fight, yeah. I mean, that really is what happens. It's It's a continual fight. Um, that no, happens. The, the, the
2: Huds. The what's her name? The Marshall. I forgot her name. I like her a lot too. You know? Avar Chris. Avar Chris. Yeah. She convinces the Huds that they have a mutual enemy in the Dringir. Um When Skier attacks them with his, like that's with, what it happens. Dringear arm. Which is Dringear arm. Yeah. Yeah. She she convinces them they have a. So that's kind of the big development that and temporarily Skier... Wait a minute. How do they? They do temporarily get the Dringir against the ropes there. How does yes. That, I don't know. How yeah, so
1: basically what happens um, is that the... There's also some minor planetary stuff that doesn't even matter for the families that were there and them rising back up. It's like a quick page or two, and then it's gone. Um, so anyway, the skier is taken back over. Um, and, oh, that's right. That's and Keeve Trennis was his... She's a Jedi who was his... Padawan, um, just a few episodes ago, a few issues ago, uh, both, I guess, episodes of us, issues of them, Um, and he ends up temporarily just regaining control. She's kind of talking him into it, Um, and then he says, I need you to go into my mind, and basically trick the Drengear into thinking that they can't take us over, that the Jedi are... are
2: Not just Jedi. Uh, it seems like all, like, kind of sentient organisms are poison. Or, to use their word, unclean.
1: Unclean, yeah. And yeah. so I'm trying to find the actual... What does he say? It could cause damage, it could kill you. Um, but he, she basically manipulates his mind... The so harvest they is can't. rotten.
2: It will poison you all. You need to run. You want to run. That's the message that she sends into the Dringear consciousness through
1: yes Through, through Skier. Um and it seems to work. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Definitely, we see it working on both Starlight Beacon and on, um, and on Cedric Minor here, and then it seems once again. <laughs> Like, one of our main Jedi is dead at the end of the comic book because they keep leaving that little cliffhanger, um, which is it, – it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't need at the end of every issue to wonder if one of the Jedi is going to make it in the next issue and then have the first three, four pages be about whether or not they made it. Yeah. Like, we need to progress the story a bit. Um, and I think that's where they're struggling is with the, the story progression – because they're working with people who are writing the books and they have to fit into a time frame and it's it's all this, this these different pieces for the whole um, High Republic era. So that's that's been one of the only big concerns for me is just we're not getting this, this big story push, um, which is, it's like I said, it's fine and I'm still reading them for now. We're going to, um, basically with the High Republic, we're working through... Uh, the next book comes out at the end of this month. End of June. In June, yeah. End of June.
2: We, I think the problem here is we know that the Dream Gear aren't around by the time we get to Battle of Yavin type time period. So we know ultimately they're not that big a deal.
1: Or even by prequel time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So this kind of just feels like, I don't know.
1: Well, they're a big deal. And they're it's they're like setting up the potential nowhere. for them to come back. I don't want well, them you, to come back. You kind of got that with the. I mean, people could argue that with the prequels too. We got a story that leads to all the Jedi being wiped out. Here uh, are all these Jedi, and then they're gone because they're not in the original trilogy. They return. Did they return. One of them does. Um, so that's the big. That was the big thing, and I, I think they're stuck in the Outer Rim, or this this Outer whatever the these territories are called. Um, out in the far reaches, or I think is that what they called far reaches. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever they say, that's that's where the Drengear are currently at. Like, they're not in the core. They're not in, even in the outer rim, I don't think. Like, they're not in any of the major planets that we've seen before. Yeah, They're just out in this they're sector. They're definitely on the frontier, yeah. Frontier, thank you. That's yeah. the that's the word I was looking for. Um, so that's the sector of the galaxy that they're stuck in, for whatever reason, or they haven't moved beyond that. Um, I don't know how they travel, how they got there. How did they move around? How did they, like, there's a lot of stuff that... I'd like to know more about the Drengear, and I think that might make them more... I know there's a mystery, you know, like they are these mysterious plant things, but I think if we knew more about them, like when are they going to overcome this... Everyone's poison, or are they just done? Right? Do they think everyone's poison? Now they have nothing to eat, so they're just going to... They're going to die out because they don't eat? Like, what's going to happen now? Is this a a temporary mind fix? It's... You know, and I do want to know. We're going to find out. Um, It's weird.
2: It seems like they fixed it.
1: Right, so what's what's going on? Um, so I love I love what's happening in the other books right now, this time frame between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it's such a strong... Um, I mean, the, the story was already set up strong because we had Empire, which was phenomenal. And now we have these amazing characters that are being pushed forward. Um, and like I said, I think the High Republic is trying to find itself. I don't want to sound too negative about it, but I am reading it at the same time I'm reading about Luke Skywalker and his adventures. And, yeah. you know, it's just not capturing my interest the way that I I hope that it eventually will. Um, if you're okay. interested in the new stuff, you know, try it out. You might like it a lot. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't want to sound negative about it. I just, just not, it's just not capturing me, Jim. I, I
2: don't know. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, um, yeah.
1: So what's coming up soon? Next week, we have another prelude book. To the War of the Bounty Hunters, and it's the actual Bounty Hunters book. So we're going to see, uh, hopefully, that some of the... I assume some of the other Bounty Hunters are going to find out that um, Boba lost Han, and they're going to say, well, we can go collect that bounty if we find him.
2: Well, somebody's got him.
1: Somebody's got him. Somebody's got him. I don't think we're going to see who has him. I don't think we're going to see him in this book. Yeah. Um, we're getting everybody set up. Um, the Vader book is after that, and the Afra book, they both actually come out the same date. Um, oh, Bounty Hunters came out yes, yesterday. I forgot to put that in. I
2: don't think you said what day it was anyway.
1: Today is May 20th. Um, so May 19th, the Bounty Hunters book, that's out. We gotta, I'll go uh, pick that up. But next week, the Vader and Afro books come out, so we'll talk about those in two weeks. These are the books we're going to talk about. And then, releasing on June 2nd, being recorded about here on Force Comics on June 9th, we get War of the Bounty Hunters, issue number one. Yay. And from there on, everything is War of the Bounty Hunters. So really excited about that. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yay! Until then, in case you were unaware... Who are you? I'm Tim. Oh, I'm Jim. And this has been Force oh, Comics okay. from our, our certain, certain point, point of view. view.
2: Thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, everyone. This is the way.
2: This is the way.
1: We have spoken. We've spoken. We're still talking while I try to find the stop button. Drinking coffee. Remember, the force will be with you. Always. Always. And also?
2: With you.